This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, May 19th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, county eases public health orders, Ride announces 2021 festival lineup, waiting in line for bluegrass, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, Highway 145 between Placerville and Sawpit closed on Tuesday after a semi-truck rolled, blocking both lanes. San Miguel County Sheriff deputies, the Telluride Fire Protection District, and Colorado State Patrol responded to the incident. It took roughly five hours for responders to remove the truck and reopen the highway. According to the sheriff's office, the lone driver of the truck claimed no injuries. San Miguel County is loosening its public health restrictions. The county public health order will 100% align with the state's public health order. That's San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin speaking at a Board of County Commissioners meeting this week. The new orders significantly reduce mask requirements. Fully vaccinated people can go without masks in public indoor spaces unless the setting requires otherwise. Those special settings that still require face coverings include schools and child care centers, health care settings, care facilities, and prisons and jails. Unvaccinated people 11 and older are also still required to wear face coverings indoors when members of different households are present. Capacity limits and distancing would be removed for businesses, um, except in the event of um, indoor events over 100 people. Face coverings are also still required on public transit, but transit services can now operate at 100 percent capacity. Businesses and local governments, Franklin adds, can still choose to be more restrictive in their COVID requirements. And then disease mitigation processes like the five commitments are still encouraged. The shift comes amid revised guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last week. The CDC advises fully vaccinated people can go without masks or social distancing in most indoor and outdoor settings. The pandemic is continuing. It's not gone, but um, this is really a moment where um, we have reached a new point as a county, um, and we should really um, take this time to breathe and to celebrate the hard work that's been done by everybody to um, keep our community healthy. Local business owner Ginny Gordon is grateful for the shifting orders. I think aligning with the state order is the only path that will allow um, our businesses to not become combative with our clientele. County Manager Mike Bordonia also celebrates the promising move, but stresses if restrictions change down the line, the county likely will not be able to grandfather in larger events. With this change to a much less restrictive level, it also does not come with a permanent guarantee for anything later this summer should we experience a significant outbreak. The towns of Telluride and Mountain Village still have local face covering requirements that are stricter than the county's new orders. Both require face coverings in all indoor public spaces. Mountain Village Town Council will consider repealing its local requirement at its meeting on Thursday. Telluride Town Council's next regularly scheduled meeting is Tuesday, June 1st. The county's new public health orders go into effect Thursday at 1 a.m.
Nothing says summer is on the way like an announcement of a festival lineup. And this week, the Ride Festival came through. In 2021, acts will include Warren Haynes, Citizen Cope, Rival Sons, Big Something, Black Pistol Fire, and Matt Berninger. There will also be performances from Rose Hill Drive, Donovan Frankenritter, Jesse Royal, Eric Gales, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, Jerry Joseph, and many more. The Ride Festival will look different in 2021 instead of the traditional Town Park main stage setup. Top acts will perform in local venues across Telluride, from the Sheridan Opera House to the Palm Theatre, the Transfer Warehouse to the Elks Lodge. Tickets for the Ride Festival will go on sale on June 3rd. Music lovers can purchase weekend passes or dive in with a pass for the full 10 days. The festival will take place in Telluride this year, July 2nd through 11th. Nothing says waiting in line for bluegrass tickets like an impromptu picking session. It's Wednesday morning, and a line is already up the block as faithful Festivarians wait for the Telluride Music Company to open up and the coveted locals' bluegrass tickets to go on sale. The brief musical interlude is provided by the music company's own Tom Nading and Warren Gilbreth. Before opening, Nading walks the line, giving out whatever information he can. I'm told that the front of the line is going to get um, probably a little bit of a better placement, um, but it's going to be totally random, and I don't know if we really just know. The very front. Just the very front. <laughs> just the very front. That's the first one. So, Jim, what, what time did you actually get here? No, 8.40 last night. Designated corral getters trickle up as the morning wears on, but Jim Parker takes the cake for most dedication. At this point, how many hours have you been waiting in line? What time is it? Almost 10. Almost 10. Let's see. Boop, 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 boop. 12 and a half? <laughs> How's it been going? It's been great. Not far behind, Kristen Hughes and Maribeth Tuckman. Where are you in line for getting your tickets today? One, two, three, four. Are we? No, we're two. Uh, oh, yeah. Lucas is in line. You're so number two, really. He's he's number one. You're number two. Oh, two and See, three. all these years, and we still can't count. <laughs> As for how long they've been waiting? Since 2019. <laughs> it is a long time coming, and Hughes has been preparing. I'm the biggest nerd on the planet when it comes to all this organization stuff, and I thrive on it. And I love texting my TARP family weeks in advance, and I can, I can feel their eye rolls. The line isn't the rowdiest you've ever seen, but everyone is still excited and ready to go. I'm Kristen Permakoff. I believe this is my 26th bluegrass and I've run the tarps, I've slept in line, I've worked in the July 5 booth, um, and I've been here since 6 a.m. And yay, I have a, I'm getting a pod for my people. My dad has been wanting to come forever and ever, but he was always like, 
they hate crowds. And I'm like, if you hate crowds, this is the worst thing to come to. But like all my dad listens to is bluegrass and old time music. And so I was like, this is the year, you guys. This is the year to come. We don't have to run a tarp. There's not a bunch of crowds. It's, you know, tiny capacity. Like this is the year. So they're really, really excited. My dad, like I said, is 81 and has been wanting to do this his whole life. So I'm happy to be able to have the opportunity finally to feel like we can, it's possible. That's Pepper Raper Contillo. She waited until 9 a.m. to join the fun. I probably should have been here a little earlier because I wasn't concerned about not getting a corral, but I was hoping to get a good one. <laughs> but the morning isn't just about the excitement of jockeying for the best spot in line. Bluegrass tickets means getting to look forward to music in the park again. I am just thrilled to see whoever appears on the main stage. And I don't know if we'll be able to mix with our friends as much, but I'm pretty psyched to see them all out there having a good time. Always my buddies. And uh, I hear they just added uh, Grace Potter, so I've never seen her live, so that'll be fun. But uh, it's it's all home week for me to see all my friends from Nashville, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm excited to see Dell. I'm really excited for Emmy Lou to come back to Telluride. Um, I'm not sure if she's been here since we built the new stage. It's like bluegrass family, for sure. I'm curious if they're gonna, like what the late night scene is gonna be, and I don't mean night grass, but like picking in the park and that whole scene. You know, I hope we still have our people come to town with instruments that are, you know, waking up in line with the sunrise and playing bluegrass or staying up till the sunrise and playing bluegrass. That's always my favorite part of the festival is not just what's happening on the stage, but what's happening around town. And while bluegrass 2020 will look different than those in the past, there's one element that some in line are fine to see go, at least for the year, the tarp run. This whole arrangement saves us having to run, if I understand correctly. But are you, are you sad to be missing the tarp run this year? I'm a sleeper, not a runner, Same. for very good reason. Same. I'm, I'm, my knees do not allow me to run, so we are always... Um, runners or other people. It is like a scene and it's a cool little community, but it's hard to do and it takes a lot of coordination. Like I'm calling it bougie grass. We get to just walk in, I'm gonna have coolers and food and like, you know, fancy mocktails and like just relax and chill. It's gonna be a different vibe, but I'm looking forward to it. 10 a.m. hits, the music store opens. We can have the first two come in, we'll get started. And then uh, from there, it'll just be one in, one out, and we'll take care of everybody as soon as we can. We're, we're co-joined. Co-joined, come on in. And just like that, Festivarians enter the store one at a time to reserve their place in the park. You could say it's the slowest tarp run on record. San Miguel County residents need to prepare to dial all the numbers for a telephone number, even if it's a local call. Last year, the Federal Communications Commission approved the number 988 as a three-digit abbreviated dialing code to reach the National Suicide Prevention Line, starting in 2022. But in order to make that number work, a number of area codes with local dialing, like 970 in Colorado, we'll need to switch to 10-digit local dialing. That means including the area code with every call. Colorado callers using the 970 area code are encouraged to start using the 10-digit number now. However, for the time being, 
calls will still go through with the seven-digit number. Starting October 24th, calls will not be completed as dialed unless they include the area code and telephone number. San Miguel County officials encourage individuals and businesses to check and update websites, stationary checks, pet tags, to ensure they have a 10-digit phone number. They add 970 calls to 970 numbers will remain local, and rates of a call will not increase due to the dialing change. Beginning July 16, 2022, individuals can reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by calling 988. Until then, and continuing after, individuals can reach the lifeline by calling 1-800-273-TALK or 8255. Perched at the top of First Street is a getaway into the past. You know it. You love it. It's the Telluride Historical Museum. And coming soon, it will reopen for the summer season. But the museum isn't just reopening its doors. A number of programming will be joining for the summer. Of course, there will be the twice-weekly walking tours with local guide Ashley Bowling, and the museum will also host the Smithsonian's Outbreak, Epidemics in a Connected World, as its newest annual exhibit from June 2021 to April 2022. According to the museum, the exhibit highlights how pathogens can transfer from wildlife to people, why some outbreaks become epidemics, and how humans, animals, and environmental health are all connected. The exhibit is a smaller version of a larger display at the National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C. In addition to the national scope, it will also feature local stories. The museum notes it has been working with local organizations, including the San Miguel County Public Health Department, the Telluride Regional Medical Center, and the Pinhead Institute to research and develop stories from San Miguel County's past experiences with contagion. Those stories will be woven in with the Smithsonian's exhibit. The Telluride Historical Museum will open for the summer on Thursday, June 3rd, with hours Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., and open late on Thursday for locals' free day. Mountain passes are opening for the summer. Last Dollar Pass between Telluride and Ridgeway is officially open for the season. Ophir, Black Bear, and Imogene passes remain closed. U.S. Senator John Hickenlooper of Colorado was in the southwest portion of his state last week. His itinerary included a stop at the manufacturing facility of Alpaca Rafts in Mancos, a meeting with Ute Mountain Ute tribal leaders in Tawak, and a float down the Animas River with outdoor recreation and conservation activists. The visit comes as southwest Colorado and the larger Four Corners region are experiencing extreme drought conditions, with no end in sight. KSJD's Lucas Brady-Woods sat down with the senator to discuss what's being done and what needs to be done to address the situation at the federal level. Senator Hickenlooper, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, it's my pleasure and my honor. How did you enjoy your trip to southwest Colorado? Oh, we had a great time. I mean, I always have a great time in in South Colorado. As soon as I leave, I just want to go back. My staff did a great job of setting up different groups of people, which allowed me a, a really interesting window to see all the different collaborative efforts that are going on in southwest Colorado. There were Republicans, there were Democrats, 
there was no partisan discussion at all. It was clearly what are the issues around forest health and how are we going to deal with these wildfires? And as we look at this, the, the challenge itself, how can we, with our resources and our partners in Washington, how can we get the, the, the best benefit from every dollar we, we invest? And I think that's, that spirit of collaboration I saw all day long. We, we floated down the, the Animas River uh, with some outdoor recreation leaders and some conservation leaders and talked about you know, Colorado Public Lands Day. You know, we're the first state in the country to have a public lands day. And, you know, it was great just to feel the energy of people getting excited about the CORE Act and expanding public lands protections and, 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 and recognizing the real economic value that comes from, you know, public lands and addressing things like forest health and, and water quality. Speaking of water, um, as you, as I'm sure you know, a lot of southwest Colorado is at extreme or exceptional drought levels, and that's the two highest drought levels on the U.S. drought monitor scale. And, of course, this is also the case across much of the western U.S., not just here in Colorado. And I'd love you to talk about some ways that you're trying to address the drought and its implications on the federal level. We're at that point where, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you've got to recognize that our human activity has had a serious negative impact on our, on our climate, and it's, and it's getting worse and worse. And I think our challenge is to go and, and look at how do we transform our economy in such a way that we, we put dramatically less carbon into the atmosphere, but at the same time protect people's jobs and our quality of life. You know, Roy Romer, was, when he was governor back in the 90s, he always used to say, quality of life starts with a good job. And I worked all eight years I was governor to try and create more jobs and, and, and higher paying jobs. And we've got to keep that same, I think, I think we've got to keep that same priority, that jobs matter a tremendous amount. But we've also got to recognize the long-term reality that these, as we create new jobs, we need to make sure that they're going to have a beneficial effect on how our climate is changing. In other words, reduce the, the, the amount of carbon emissions. And there are a whole, you know, there's a whole array of ways that we can do that. But in almost every case, it takes some discipline. And it and, and certainly is going to require Republicans and Democrats working together and, and kind of letting the, the, the partisanship and the cantankerous relationships that you see in Washington, letting them stay in Washington and focusing on the problem itself in Colorado. How hopeful are you that uh, that the tribalism between really the two sides can subside so that these issues can be worked on? How hopeful are you about that? You know, I'm an entrepreneur by nature, uh, and I do mean by nature. So I'm, I'm always optimistic, and I've always been optimistic. But I think there are a number of genuine signs that suggest that we have grounds to be more optimistic. I got a phone call from Scott Kirby three weeks ago, who's the, the new CEO and chairman of United Airlines. And I asked, you know, he's talking about how green they were going to be. And I said, well, are you, as, is United Airlines willing to publicly say that you're going to support somehow some valuation, some price on carbon emissions. In other words, make sure that if we charge a fee for the amount of carbon that gets emitted from any function of government or, or function of energy production uh, or manufacturing, 
that, that that fee gets taken in by the government, but then get, goes immediately back out to the citizens. So it would you know it it wouldn't ultimately it wouldn't it would go right back to the people who paid it. It would put an emphasis on using low carbon emissions type energy. And when I asked this guy Scott Kirby whether United would take a positive stand on that, he said absolutely. We think you have to put a price on carbon, a value on carbon, so that we all can know what success looks like and what we're going to work towards. And boy, when the big companies, and there are a lot of really large companies that are, are now recognizing this is something that's only going to be solved by everybody working together, uh, I think this is a, a, a very positive development and is, you know, it, it is a good reason for optimism. Senator, thank you so much for joining me today. Lucas, my pleasure. I look forward to talking to you again. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for isolated showers and thunderstorms tonight with partly cloudy skies and a low around 40 degrees. Thursday should be sunny during the day with a high in the mid-60s. Thursday night, there is a chance of rain with partly cloudy skies and a low around 40. Friday, showers are likely with mostly cloudy skies during the day and at night. The high is around 55 degrees with a low near 40. Winds could gust as high as 35 miles per hour. This has been the news for Wednesday, May 19th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hi there, Coda listeners. This is Lexi Tudnam, Executive Director of Sheep Mountain Alliance. We are having our third in the series of our Forest Health Forum on May 20th. That's Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m hosted online by the Wilkinson Public Library. You can sign up at the link on the Wilkinson Public Library events page. This Thursday will feature a fire mitigation specialist as well as Richard Waring of Oregon State University, who is a very famous forest ecologist. Um, We're going to be talking about fire in the West. We're going to be talking about local strategies for fire mitigation, and we'll also have um, our Mountain Village forester on board. So please tune in from 6 to 8 p.m. And for more information, you can go to the Wilkinson Public Library events page. Thank you so much. Bye. Hi, this is Sarah Kimball from the school. I'm calling in to do the senior spotlight. You're live on the air, Sarah. What you got for me? All right, so this is our last six kids of the senior class because we've got graduation this Saturday. Um, So I'm starting off with Joey Borup. So Joey is not one to shy away from challenges. He's taken seven AP classes, and most of them STEM-related. He is a joy to have in the classroom, engaged and collaborative. In addition, Joey's a very accomplished athlete, playing three sports a year of high school, lacrosse and soccer. Joey leads by example in the ethics and in the classroom. Being kind comes silly to him. As a fool caught me though pretending it broke his foot before the soccer game. Finn Tershey. Finn had taken a hiatus from Telluride High School, but rejoined this year. He was one of our remote students. He was one of the first to create a new stage in Telluride Town Park, as music is central to Finn's life. In addition, he's had a good deal of success as an athlete, both a snowboarder and a skateboarder. He's kind and conscientious, and while we haven't seen him much due to remote learning, we're grateful to have him as a member of the class of 2021. Brooke Schifrin. 
to start, I owe my advancing Instagram skills to Brooke, who is our school social media liaison, ensuring everything is up to date with all school business on Instagram. She was also the designer of our staff shirts this year, as art is central to Brooke's life. She has excelled in our high school visual arts program. In the classroom, Brooke is a leader, is organized, and elevates any team she is a part of. She is a kind and thoughtful young woman who uses her creative talents to the betterment of others around her. Harry, Harry has an approach to life, also a member of the hockey team. His keen sense of humor, masks, and equally keen intellect. Naturally curious around the world around him, Harry pursues answers questions that confuse him the most. Is less heard with solutions labeled correct in the back of the book and interested in answers that make the most sense to him. Gage Dehan. Gage is new to Telluride High School here. Name for a golf team going. He remained remote most of the year, but he's been engaged in his class. He is. He's funny, kind, always inquisitive, and is a positive member of the senior class. He will go on to golf in college this fall. And last but not least is Amelie Brimhall. Amelie joined Telluride High School in ninth grade from Michigan. She is a responsible, self-motivated individual with a quiet reserve, and she is an excellent writer. She is welcoming and friendly and super creative talent, uh, illustrator. Her original characters are in so much emotive quality and expression. She is also a true friend to her peers, tying back to the community for volunteer service with True North. So thank you to all our graduates. We have 60 of them graduating this Saturday on our school field. Sarah, thank you so much for the call, and congratulations to Joey, Finn, Brooke, Harry, Gage, and Amelie, class of 2021 Telluride High School graduates. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Cotto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.